It was actually on this day, not the 4th, but the 2nd of July, 247 years ago, that 56 men signed a document declaring the independence of the United States of America from the British Crown. Some of the words from one of the lines of that document we all know. The famous sentence reads, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. While our nation has by no means been perfect, we are thankful and blessed to live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. We enjoy the freedom to worship, speak, and live without the fear of government oppression over our every move. The tragic irony for our country is that we have many times not lived up to the ideals that we hold dear. Even in our constitutional freedom, we can be in spiritual bondage. Proverbs 14.34 that I read earlier to begin the worship service says that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. The truth is that many of the men who signed the Declaration of Independence owned slaves and did not treat their fellow human beings as equals. Praise God that slavery was abolished in our nation. That's one of the spiritual triumphs of our heritage. We've also seen in our nation's history untold millions of babies slaughtered through the act of abortion. Praise God for the Supreme Court's decision last year to overturn the nationwide right to receive an abortion. Our nation has another glaring mark against her at the present. As many in this country spent the entire last month celebrating the sins of homosexuality, bisexuality, transgenderism, and other immorality in which they're living. It really became apparent to me over the past few weeks that in order to shepherd the flock of God that He's asked me to oversee here at First Baptist Walnut Ridge, that I needed to preach to you about this issue with boldness and compassion. I want to share with you the truth of God's Word on the subject. As I pulled up the Google Calendar on my phone to make sure that I had some June dates correct for camps and vacation Bible school, I realized that LGBTQ plus Pride Month was listed as a holiday that could not be isolated or removed from the app. I've seen rainbow flags flying on billboards and television commercials, flying in rebellion against God who gave us the rainbow as a sign of His covenant promise in the first place. Even my beloved St. Louis Cardinals now have a dedicated LGBTQIA plus theme night at a June home game at Bush Stadium. It's reached the point of absurdity and ridiculousness. 
And I pre- as I preach to you this message this morning, our nation is in dire need of a course correction. The Bible clearly defines homosexuality as sin in both the Old and New Testaments. But the change we need is one that goes beyond the facade of public policy. It's one that must take place in the human heart. While the world around us has finished celebrating June as Pride Month, I want to call upon each of you this morning to come before the Lord with the opposite approach. One of humility. God does not want proud people. He wants humble hearts. As you open your heart to receive God's truth this morning, I ask you to open your Bible to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 18 and 19, as I preach this sermon, humility. We will read these two verses today as the main text, and then I'll also ask you to turn to two other passages in the New Testament in just a few moments. But for now, Proverbs chapter 16, verses 18 and 19. The Bible says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. The main truth that I want to share with you from God's Word today in these verses is that God does not want proud people. He wants humble hearts. In order to understand this truth and how it applies to the increasingly socially acceptable sins of sexual immorality that are rampant in our culture, you need to understand both the problem with pride and also the honor of humility. First, notice with me in verse 18 the problem with pride. Pride is a word that can have either a positive or a negative connotation depending on its context. We may speak positively of the pride that comes from hard work. It's a good thing, right, Eric, for your farmers to take pride in their work. We can speak positively of the pride and joy of a newborn baby. Right? What's not to be proud of when it comes to that new little one? Pride also has a negative meaning. It's negative when one is boastful about how he or she is better than someone else. Pride is negative when one refuses to respectfully submit themselves to the Lord out of a sense of selfish and sinful pride. It is this latter negative pride that God's Word warns us about repeatedly. And there are three reasons that this type of pride is a problem. And I want to share with you those reasons from a passage in the New Testament. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. You can flip over there or you can follow along with me by listening. 
as I read these verses to you a few at a time. In Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32, we read the Apostle Paul pronouncing dire consequences over people's ungodly choices. And really it comes back to a root issue of pride in the human heart. The first reason that pride is such a problem is that pride leads us to think that human wisdom is better than God's Word. Pride and human wisdom instead of God's Word. Look at Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. The Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creepy things. At the root of any and all immorality is idolatry. Whether it's homosexuality, adultery, or pornography, when a person chooses to engage in those sins, you are saying, God, I know better than you. I am wiser than you. I am smarter than you. My thoughts, opinions, and perspective are better than yours. It's what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. When they ate the fruit from the forbidden tree. God told them not to eat from it. Because in the day they ate from it, they would surely die. But they said, God, we don't trust your word. It's what the ancient Israelites did when they engaged in sex with cult prostitutes at pagan altars. It's what lesbian women and gay men do today. They first exchange the glory of the one true God for something or someone who is not worthy of worship. We are not wiser than God. He knows best. His word is wisdom. Those who think otherwise are nothing more than fools. When we have pride in our human wisdom instead of God's word, we are destined for destruction. Not only do we see the problem with pride in, 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 in uh, elevating human wisdom above God's word, but we also see the problem of pride when we give in to fleshly desires instead of living according to God's design. This is the second reason that pride is a problem. It causes us to give in to fleshly desires instead of living to God's design. Look at verses 24 through 27 in Romans chapter 1. 
The Bible says, therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. When we lean on our own understanding instead of the Lord's wisdom, we end up walking in wickedness. We exchange God's truth for Satan's lies. Those lies do not liberate us. They put us in shackles of sin. Verse 27 may be one of the clearest verses in all of the Bible that points out the unnatural actions of homosexuality and how they are nothing more than selfish and sinful lusts. When people give themselves over to lust, sin is conceived, and when sin is born, it brings forth death. The truth is that lesbians, gays, bisexuals, and transgenders are not living an alternate and acceptable lifestyle. They are dying in the darkness of their own desires. And they've been deceived and can't see it. They have chosen whatever makes them happy in the moment instead of what brings God glory in their lives. Pride is not just a problem because it elevates human wisdom above God's Word or because it causes us to give in to fleshly desires instead of living according to God's design. But pride is also a problem because it causes us to cave in to selfish want instead of submitting ourselves to God's will. Pride is a problem when we cave into selfish want instead of submitting to God's will. Look at verses 28 through 32. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, Sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. It was only a few decades ago in this nation that sodomy was a criminal offense, but now it's celebrated. How far from God we've come. Instead of prohibiting homosexuality, our society at large praises it and condemns those who preach against it. 
This whole past month of pride celebration has its origins from riots that began on the streets of New York City in June of 1969 when people became physically violent against police officers and committed lewd acts on city streets in the open square. God help us. This is where we are. Then the truth is, the more that the media tells us it's okay, it's not a big deal, the more desensitized you come to how dishonoring this is to God. I couldn't help it earlier this month, folks. I even called my wife to make sure that I wasn't doing something stupid, but I, just, I had to. Back in the book of Genesis, things had gotten so bad on this earth. People had become so violent and were living according to their sinful and selfish desires that the thought of their heart was only evil continually. That's what it says in Genesis chapter 6. There was one man, his wife, his sons, and their three wives, just one family that feared and honored God and found favor in God's eyes. The man's name was Noah. For the next 120 years, Noah spent his life building an ark so that he and his family members could be safe inside while God flooded the entire planet to wipe the face of man off the face of the earth. That's how bad it was. After the flood waters dissipated, this ark came to rest, and the Lord allowed Noah and his family to come safely out of the ark along with all the animals that God had brought inside. When God brought Noah and his family out of the ark, he set a beautiful rainbow in the sky and told Noah that it was a sign of his covenant promise never to destroy the earth by flood again. That's what the rainbow means. That's where it came from. I cannot stand throughout the month of June to see a rainbow flag fly with such flagrant and horrific sin. And so I just thought, man, if everybody else is putting these things on our billboards, I'm sticking it on our church sign out front. But I don't want to be snarky and be a jerk about it. So I thought, man, what could be better than putting God's Word on top of this background of beautiful colors. I don't know if you saw it driving down the road, but I stuck it out there every day on that sign. Genesis chapter 9, verse 13. I have set my rainbow in the cloud, God said, as a sign of my covenant. It's God's. Now listen to me. You fast forward in the book of Genesis from Genesis chapter 6, 7, 8, and 9 to Genesis chapter 18 and 19 when God has to destroy a couple of cities named Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin had risen to heaven against the Lord. They were committing such gross immorality 
they were engaged in such horrible homosexual practices that God had to rain down fire and brimstone on the entire cities to destroy them. That maybe this connection will help you understand the dire course correction our nation is in need of. God promised never to flood the earth again when Noah and his family came out of the boat. What symbol did he put in the sky as a sign of his covenant? The rainbow. Do you think Satan was paying attention when God sent fire and brimstone to destroy the entire cities and all the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah? I think so. You know why God destroyed those cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? Because of the sin of homosexuality. What is the symbol and the sign that this homosexual movement claims is a sign of their pride? The rainbow. Do you think that that idea just came across the mind of some pervert one day? I think it came from Satan himself. Listen to me. Listen to me. There are people who call themselves lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning, interested, any other number of adjectives who are enslaved to Satan. The truth is, they are waving this proud banner when in fact they have been deceived and are living in darkness. And so folks, when I stand up here in this pulpit today and I preach against the sin of homosexuality, I am not telling you that these people are deserving of hellfire for eternity and that's where I want them to go. I am telling you that there are people that we love and know who are enslaved to Satan and who need to be rescued from the darkness. And we know Jesus Christ and the light of the gospel. And our responsibility is not just to rant and rail on social media. It is to boldly stand for the truth and to share God's love with people who need it because they don't know it. God does not want proud people. He wants humble hearts. Not only do we need to understand the problem with pride, we also need to understand the honor that comes with humility. The honor that comes with humility. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 19 is where we get this idea. It says, Better to be of humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. And I want to expand on this idea of humility and honor from another New Testament passage over in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. Humility is the opposite of pride. It's been defined by one theologian as 
not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Of honoring others and of honoring God more than you want to honor yourself. And we read in Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 that honor is for the lowly, not the lofty. Listen to Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. A Christian does not say, I want what's best for me, but rather, I want what's best for others. Living from a lowly standpoint will cause you to speak the truth with boldness and compassion instead of shrinking back in cowardice. It will cause you to stand against the lies of this world so that more people are not caught in the traps of darkness. That's the real reason I'm preaching to you on this subject today. Not because I'm a traditionalist, but because I want you to know the truth and live by it instead of wasting away in the lies of the enemy. Not only do we see that honor is for the lowly, not the lofty, but we also see that honor is for the disciplined And not the divisive. In verses 5, 6, and 7 of Philippians chapter 2, Paul admonished the believers, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Jesus did not come to do whatever He wanted. He came to do whatever His Father wanted. As Christians, we are to live in the same way as Christ did. Not giving in to selfish lusts. Not entertaining what the world says is appropriate. But allowing the Holy Spirit to bear His fruit of self-control in our lives. Yes, that means... For those who experience the temptation to engage in homosexuality, it means that you deny yourself. It means that you die to yourself spiritually so that Christ may live through you. So the Holy Spirit may fill you and bear His fruit through your life. Honor is for the disciplined, not the divisive. And there is nothing more that the LGBTQ plus community wants to do than to divide people. God wants a unified people who worship Him. The enemy divides and conquers. Not only is honor for the lowly and honor for the disciplined, but honor is for the humble, not the haughty. Honor is for the humble, not the haughty. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. 
Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Pride comes before the fall, but humility comes before exaltation. Jesus lowered himself that he might be lifted up, and one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day every single person on God's green earth will realize that his plan and purpose in every facet of creation, including sexuality, is the best. Jesus is Lord, not you, not someone else. He is Lord. What He says goes. He's in charge. He's the Creator. God does not want proud people. He wants humble hearts. In light of this principle, I ask you a question in closing this morning. Will you choose to be a proud person who resists God? Or will you have a humble heart that submits to God? Pride refuses to admit sin. It refuses to turn away from sin. It refuses to confess sin. But humility accepts that what God says is wrong is wrong. Humility chooses to turn away from thoughts, words, and actions that do not glorify God. Humility confesses that Jesus Christ, not you, is the Lord of life. It's really a question of who will be in charge, you or God. The invitation is simple this morning. I want to challenge you to humble your heart before the Lord by coming to this altar, bowing your knee before Him, confessing with your mouth any sin in your own life, and believing in your heart that His way is righteous, and committing to follow Him regardless of what you want or what this world says is okay. Please understand, I'm not just asking if you're a homosexual that you come down here and pray. I'm asking that all of you come down here and pray. There are people who are lost in darkness. We have the light of truth. We need to expose the darkness for what it is. That's when you really love people. When you let them know that they are living in sin. But there's a Savior who loves them even though they're living in sin. And you want them to know that Savior so that they can be redeemed and reborn and transformed from a sinner and into a saint.
as God calls you today, would you come to Him? I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Father God, there are thoughts on our minds and emotions in our hearts tonight that are difficult for us to deal with. God, some of us know people, maybe dear friends or family members, who live in homosexuality, either thinking that there's nothing wrong with it or thinking that they have no hope to get out of it. Lord, we pray that as we continue to stand upon your truth and share your love with these people, that you would help us to have humble hearts God, I am no better than anyone else. We as a group of people, as First Baptist Church, are no better than any other group of people. So Lord, we come before you humbly. And we ask that you would move and work in hearts as only you can. We pray that you would convict people of sin and righteousness and judgment, especially over this issue. We pray that those who have been deceived by the lies of the enemy would hear your truth, would repent of sin, turn toward you, and be forgiven and redeemed and made whole. God, you love sinners. You want to forgive sinners. God, your word says if we confess our sin, then you are faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God, as your word has been proclaimed today, I pray that you would continue to speak to hearts now. And God, I pray that every single one of us in this room would humble ourselves before you. God, may we not be proud people. May we have humble hearts. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.